on Stillwater. I'm Cheryl Pickens. I'm Jonathan Udoka. Thank you so much for joining us. Our town, Stillwater, Stillwater's Business Insider. That's it. That's what we're here for. We're just wanting to give you a little backstage peek behind some businesses and, and what happened before the sign went up, what happened before the deal was inked. That's it. Right? And so we're just trying to give a little history on Stillwater. So why don't you tell us about our guest, Jonathan, and uh, make the big intro. Yeah. So we are lucky to have with us Elaine Zanotti, a name familiar to those here in Stillwater for both her service on city council and a little bit what we'll talk about today is the genesis of Zanotti's Wine Bar. So thank you for taking the time to be with us. Absolutely. It's very humbling, actually. It's it's hard to believe that Zanotti's will actually be 13 years old next month. Wow. So good timing. Well, yes. And you know, I don't know, for all those listening, some have been here in Stillwater forever, some are new to Stillwater, so if, if anyone has moved in in the past 13 years, <laughs> there's always been Zanotti's. But let's go back, I mean, thinking back, was was there anything like a wine bar 13 years ago in Stillwater? We're not talking Georgia Stables, yeah. because, you know, that's, you know, the bar, right? But right, right. So tell us what existed when you and your former husband came up with this idea, and what made you think your idea had a place here? Gosh, that takes us back in time. I grew up in Stillwater. I think most people know that. And when I got married, uh, Gary and I moved away and had the opportunity to live in some great cities. We lived in Dallas, L.A., Chicago, and D.C. And when we dated, he actually owned a deli. And so I like to kind of give people that kind of background because it wasn't like we just decided one day to open up a uh, you know, hospitality business, and we knew it. You know, knew it by magic. He, we had some background. So that being said, we moved back to Stillwater in 2005. I was working for the Oklahoma State University Foundation, fundraising for the college I graduated from. And for those of you who don't realize, the College of it's uh, Education and Human Sciences now, but at the time it was just College of Human Sciences, has the hotel restaurant had the hotel restaurant program. And when I fundraised, we have a lot of alumni that are in the wine industry. And we were thinking up the idea to do the wine forum. And so that kind of planted the seed that this wine thing is a, is a big deal. I mean, I'd like to say I was this huge wine connoisseur, but no, no, <laughs> I, I was not. And so you move back to your hometown, which is a college town in your late 30s, and you're sitting in a restaurant having dinner and you keep saying what to each other. And I think that was the moment that we both kind of looked at each other and said, I wonder if we could do a wine bar. We didn't want to do a restaurant. Um, that takes up a lot of extra time and, and different types of, of scenarios that you have to go through. And we both were not committed enough to be entrepreneurial to quit our jobs. So we wanted to have a job that we could do and also still keep our full-time jobs. And uh, Gary, who was my husband at the time, worked in the airline industry. And so as long as he was near an airport, he had a lot more flexibility as far as working from home and, and all of that. And so um, that was a that was a good thing when we started the business. So anyway, so the, the idea kind of, we just kind of started playing back and forth with, with each other. And I reached out to some donors um, in, with Oklahoma State University and said, you know, what do you, what do you think about this wine bar idea? And um, they were very, very, very helpful gave good information and like I said we were also planning the the annual the beginning of the wine forum which if anyone's familiar with now the wine forum happens every other year on the on Oklahoma State University campus and they've actually now alternated it with a beer forum and so that that just kind of you know 
gives you an idea. Well, word gets out in a small town when you're thinking about opening up a business. And um, I was, I've always been passionate about downtown. And when we moved back to Stillwater in 2005, there was nothing in downtown Stillwater. It was just, it was just sad. By five o'clock, there were no, no one was downtown. Roll up the streets. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it, it just broke my heart. And my dear college friend, um, Matt Johnston and Kelly Lida, who started Aspen Coffee, um, had the Go Bananas business that was located where Zanotti's is now. And I just, I remember walking downtown telling Gary that that's, that's where I want to be. That's where I see the wine bar. And he was like, Elaine, seriously, there is already a business there. It's <laughs> not going to, yeah, place. exactly. And so we looked at some other, other um, buildings downtown and, and just kind of dreamed a little bit. And we both made the decision that we were going to invest by buying a building. Um, our thought process was you go and rent a building and you put your own money, your sweat and tears into it. And then if it bellies up, at least if we bought the building, we'd have a place to stay and live. Exactly. <laughs> you, you know, I understand that because <laughs> no. then you'd have to still pay the landlord. Right. And and goodness, what if he sells and the new guy doesn't want you? Yeah. And so there's yeah. a lot of risk about there's, renting. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of started that, that process. In the meantime, I said word gets out and we had um, my good friend Mark Tower, Um, reached out to me. He was teaching an MBA class at the time and said, you know what? I need a class project. This wine bar idea idea intrigues me. What if our class took this on to to kind of do a, you know, reach out into the community and see if we could do a survey, have conversations with people, put groups together and and see if this would, you know, if this really makes sense or if you're just, you know, dreaming up. and, And so anyway, so we worked with this class and this would have been the spring of 2007, so spring of 2007, we worked with this with this MBA class and got some really good information. So and free research. Free research. And <laughs> wow. because Gary had had a business before, he and he was a business major, an MBA grad, we, we put together a business plan. And that kind of it became more of a reality to us. Like, wow, we're we're really going to do this. This is really what we're gonna what we're gonna do. Yeah, putting it on paper makes it real. It really does. And you look at the numbers, and we're like, oh my goodness, okay, we can, you know. Um, it, you know, it's it's funny. I always say things happen for a reason, and I just I truly believe our idea and Zanotti's Wine Bar just was one of those that was the right niche at the right time. Um, downtown was trying to revitalize itself, and so they had created this business um, improvement district bid program and Zanotti's was the first business to receive funding for this program. I'm, I'm kind of fast forwarding it, but just Matt Johnson actually called me and said, Elaine, this Go Bananas idea was a great idea, but I it's just too much and I, I don't think we're going to keep it. I'm going to give you first dibs if you want to buy the building. Uh, yeah, That's yeah. amazing. And I'm you just telling you things just exactly. And, and so at that, that, that point, Gary realized that I, we're, we're going downtown. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and one of the things that, that I always tell a little side story, one of the funny things is we uh, had to make sure that the church down the street was far enough away feet wise. Oh, interesting. Because a bar cannot be in the state of Oklahoma located within, I don't remember how many of the feet were. I don't remember, and that may have changed because liquor laws, thank goodness, have, right. have have changed since we since we've opened. But had to make sure we were far enough away, and we were, thank goodness. Um, and so we bought the building, and uh, so created this this thought of Zanotti's Wine Bar. But then we had to figure out how to furnish it, how to decorate it, how to, and that is where I always give great credit to. Um, anytime you open up a business. Surround yourself with people that have a different skill set than you, because 
each of you have bring something to the business. And I was very grateful that Gary had the business side of it and could crunch the numbers and figure out, you know, a five-year plan and all that where I was envisioning what it was going to look like, staffing. And we made a really good balance with that. And having the opportunity to work for a college that has, uh, you know, the hospitality program and donors just, like I said, it just kind of fell into place. Uh, The beautiful bar that's in there, my dad built, my dad was into woodworking. And when we started pricing how much it costs to buy a bar, my dad said, well, I could build it. And Gary and I said, great, we'll take it, we'll do it. (laughs) Because you start to realize what you want to spend your money on and what you don't. And so if anyone goes into Zanotti's wine bar and looks at the beautiful bar there, that was built by my dad, all the tabletops were done by my dad. And it's just uh, continued. Drew has continued that on and actually just polished it up this last week and sent me a picture. So oh, there, there's there's just pieces of all of us in the, in, the, in the wine bar. And I have to say the community, I was really worried, too, that the community would be a little too conservative. Yeah, like it's a bar. Like you're doing a bar. Yeah. And, and growing up in Stillwater, it was a joke, too, that I was even opening up a bar because I was was not a like I said, I was not a wine connoisseur, not a big drinker. And and uh, so it, it just our vision for Zanotti's was to create an adult place for people to gather. And if they enjoyed a glass of wine, that's great. If they just wanted to have water, that was wonderful. I know when I left, um, wasn't the owner anymore, we had a uh, knitting group that would come in on Tuesday nights and sit in the back room. And they said, thank you for providing a place where we could come and do what we do without feeling pressured to to drink or, or whatever. I do have to tell a funny story. I, I had this envision of a wine bar and it was just going to be wine, and that's it. And when you talk to people on a bar, they're like, that's a nice thought, sister, but mixed drinks is where the money's at. <laughs> so that's that's what I found out. Mixed drinks right. is where your money's at. That's right. where people, people will do. So, hmm. yeah. I want to go back to an interesting point you brought up, and it's one of, about collaboration and, and maybe um, getting people to, to do tasks that, that fill in the gaps. I find working with entrepreneurs or business startups, you know, so much of yourself is – in this thing, right? This is your baby, your vision. Was there a challenge uh, letting go of different pieces or is that something that comes natural to you? For me personally, it came naturally. For Gary, I think it was a little bit harder just because he had run a business before and kind of knew, you know, for me, I, I maybe it was my hometown or maybe it was just I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And so I also recognized that um, people were really excited and everyone we talked to just said, hey, have you thought about this? Or I have this you know, I have this knowledge, or I have this connection, let me help you with that. And it just, like I said, it it truly was just kind of serendipity that it all just fell into place the way that it did. And um, so no, I didn't, I didn't have any, any problems whatsoever. Um, And I, I was amazed at, at really how excited the community was. They just embraced this idea of an adult place that wasn't your you know, they couldn't, it wasn't they a could, bar. They couldn't bar. grasp the concept of a, of a wine bar. They just couldn't right. quite figure that out. And so it was neat to kind of um, keep things going as they did. So as you mentioned, some of your previous locations, did any of those hot spots come to mind as you were putting this together? Like, oh, this one place in D.C. did this or something like that? There was, but I also, there was a, a bar in Dallas called Crew, C-R-U. And I'm not sure if it's still, I have not checked in a while if it was in business or not. But what I loved about um, Crew was not necessarily the menu or that you can kind of figure out. What I wanted to create was ambiance. And they did a really nice job of having a, a selection of couches and tables and chairs. So there was different types of seatings for that. And I was really impressed. Another wine bar we went to visit was in Tulsa. It was Vintage 1740. 
and that was in downtown Tulsa. And once again, I'm not sure if that's still there or not. Um, I need I haven't checked, but they they were really good resources as far as what did well in Oklahoma and what you know what what challenges they had. Um, I, I am not a superstitious person, but when I saw. I still call it Matt's building, mm-hmm. um, where Zanotti's is now. And I just, I could look in the windows and I could see what I wanted that to look like. And it was just, it was just clear as a bell. And to this day, it still looks like that. It's just, it, I don't know. I can't explain it. I just knew what I wanted it to look like. And that's, that's. Well, the clarity probably helped you take the next step, you know, when, when people would just appear. Yeah. And <laughs> you could take that next step and you yeah. just kept being clear yeah. about the next step. I mean, I think one of the things that Gary and I were so proud of is we never swayed from the original vision. And I'm not, you know, as an entrepreneur, or anyone who starts a business, there are things that, that, you know, you change the menu or you realize you've got to add mixed drinks as opposed right. to just having wine. But I think if you have a solid mindset or clear goals of what it is you want to accomplish with your business and and what it is how you want to get there and you don't deviate from it I think that's a strength in itself and I am so grateful that Gary and I both never swayed from that vision of what we wanted to do Um, and I think that has laid a good foundation for why it is going to be 13 years old um, next month that's amazing yeah yeah it's just yeah you mentioned this idea of not knowing what you don't know Mm -hmm. You know, and then you had this business plan, you stuck with the vision. Was there anything that surprised you in those early years that was a big pivot from what you initially planned or thought? Um, well, I, I do have to tell you, we, we fired our manager in the first two weeks we were open. Hi, okay, <laughs> that, that answers his that's question. Not a, yeah, that, that's not, you know, I think you go in... Um, and that, and truly, once again, we were very blessed with with great staff. Uh, that really was the only big thing staff wise. People kept saying, "Oh, you're working in a college town. You are going to have turnover." That when you own a business, the hardest part is your staff. Both Gary and I today would say the staff made Zanotti's Wine Bar. Um, they we were very um, mindful about who we hired. We took care of them, and and. I just, I think that, that surprised me, I think, because I, I had this expectation that, oh, this is really going to be challenging, that I'm going to have staff issues all the time. Um, aside from the first two weeks, <laughs> maybe that was enough. Maybe that laid the, we never had staff call in, didn't show. Um, we never had money missing from our register. Wow. Um, we never had that. And I was always amazed that the staff would come hang out on their days off. And that's pretty cool. So. Well, and you know, you could teach an HR class on that. You know, <laughs> the, the idea is hire right. Right. Yes. And, you know, sometimes we, we just want to fill that spot and yeah. we'll hire anybody. Yeah. But if you take a little bit longer and dig a little deeper, yeah. you'll get somebody that you'll, you know, only have to train him or her. Yeah. She'll stay for a long time. Well, and, and to have buy-in. I think we were a new enough business and nothing had ever been done like this before in Stillwater that they were able to, you know, create and and add some things to the to the business itself that wouldn't have been otherwise maybe if it had been there for a long time because we took their took their you know yeah their ideas Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. and you've got them contributing to building what this culture is yeah and you know the 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 age-old thing of hospitality you don't make you know you don't make a ton of money and we realized that was that that's another surprise um they don't necessarily they don't get paid minimum wage necessarily um and they make their money off of tips and so we had to kind of be creative and paying a little bit more than what other entities would pay but then also um i was really big on customer service huge um i told i will i can always teach you how to 
open a bottle of wine and pour it. But I can't tell you that Cheryl likes her, you know, her rosé with extra cubes of ice or that Jonathan likes um, his bourbon neat. Um, We had a gentleman that um, had some special needs and loved red wine, but because of his special needs, couldn't hold the red wine glass that you normally pour red wine in so he would drink it out of a white wine glass and that was part of the training that was part <laughs> right, of the, yeah. you, you got it hey that's okay yeah you know? and but to to teach staff to to know things like that about know your customer because you'll get tips mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it's just it just and makes it back. more absolutely everyone likes to feel like they're important when they walk in any Norm. type of business yeah <laughs> yeah so how do you pick wine? Okay, well, you know. Oh, that was probably, yeah. You know, you, you go to a college town and everybody knows Boone's Farm and Riuniti. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, okay, maybe not everybody, <laughs> but yep. you know, how do you how do you decide? You know, are we going to get some very expensive kind and 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 be all pompous, or we're going to go somewhere in the middle, yep. expose people to new things that they wouldn't have ever tried before? I mean, and yes, yes, and yes. That's and there's <laughs> and and yeah. I've not been a wine drinker much until lately, and so can you say a billion? Are there a billion <laughs> different things about wine? Because, you know, do we want just from California? Do we want from France? And if it's champagne, it's really from champagne. <laughs> you know, so. Well, in Oklahoma, um, we, uh, as, a, as a bar owner or a restaurant owner, you can't just go to the liquor store and buy your own wine. You work with a sales rep. And so sales reps represent different labels of wine. And so we had two or three sales reps that we would actually work with. And um, I had gotten to know a few of them, obviously, from where when we were doing the wine forum and doing that. And so they sat us down and said, OK, you're going to have to when you're first opening up this, you're going to have to get the cheap wine that everyone's familiar with, because that's what they're going to get them in the door. And then you have to have your medium wines and then you have your more expensive wines for the ones that are, you know, educated edu- or pompous. Exa- right. both. <laughs> exactly. And um, we change the menu out on a a seasonal basis so you had a a winter menu a spring menu because you sell more red wine in the winter and you sell more white wine in the summer Uh just because of Mm -hmm. that and and i actually had to take classes and what i did was i i took classes but i but we did them at the wine bar so the staff took them and then we provided them to the public so we had wine tastings and things like that so while i was learning i thought the public can be educated as well and so it's trial and error you know i have found that uh people people like what they like um, and it could be a $2 glass of wine or it could be a $200 glass of wine. It just does not. I mean, everyone has a different palate. And so what we really tried to do was get a great combination of wines that were a little bit of, of every varietal. And we had them from California and Oregon. Um, we did not branch out into the Oklahoma wines because about the time that we opened up the wine bar, Oklahoma wine started to be a thing. And I just couldn't do it. I just, I, I couldn't, couldn't do it. I think we had to prove yourself first. Yeah, exactly. And I just, yeah, it just was new enough to where um, we, we didn't, you didn't do that. Want that yeah. to be the reason you failed. Well, yeah. you just, and then back to, it, it was new for every, so yeah. you're right. They needed to establish yeah. that it was, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Anything you, you run into that's new. Hey, I want to watch yeah. and see if you really know what you're doing. Kind of like people probably watch you with your bar, you know, mm-hmm. want to see if you can pull if, this off. Can pull it off. Yeah. I think it was six months into so we opened in June of 2008 and we it was probably six months I want to say December-ish time frame um, representatives from Louis came into the wine bar and said hey we are, we're located at the campus corner in Norman we're located at Lake Hefner in Oklahoma City we're thinking about Stillwater but 
is downtown. I mean, how have you found downtown? And so Louis was really the first restaurant to come downtown. And then Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory came and they did the same thing. They came to us and said, hey, how's your downtown? What, you know, and so they located downtown. And then what's now Granny's started out as Brooklyn's and that planning group met at Zanotti's and planned out their view for that building, the old Cats building. And so I think the downtown just needed this something that would succeed and and see that downtown was worth investing in and being a part of. And I think 13 years later, wow, now I'm living downtown. I mean, there now we go. have loft apartments. Now we have, right. you know, it's just, it's been neat to see this transformation happen and because of a bar. Right. <laughs> well, in time, I mean, you know, you, the older one gets, you know, you, 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 they can tell you when you're young that, oh, in a few years, you just yeah. can't, you can't get out of yeah. that. You can't, you know, you only see what's right in front of you. But right. time has proven everything you've said. I mean, I don't know that you, you created it, you know, did anything no. brand new. No. And it had it probably been done thousands of times before by other people. But when it happens to you and you can look back on it and say, yes, just like, those patterns repeat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, it it certainly wasn't Gary and I's intention to, you know, grow downtown. I think for us, it was just like, let's just make sure this business. Exactly. That's my point. You're just just doing one little thing. And then because it was so perfect at the right time, looking back, you go, okay, well, that's where it started downtown. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You you mentioned, so six months in, Mm -hmm. Louise came to you. Mm -hmm. How how did you feel then? What did you tell them about downtown? We told him absolutely. I said, um, we have been overwhelmed by the number of people. We wish there were more things downtown because, I mean, you know, more options for people. You know, they could start at Zanotti's, but then they can go get food at, at Louis. One of the things that we realized um, early on also was we had a very small food menu. First of all, the building does not accommodate a kitchen area and we didn't want to be a restaurant but we also knew that there needed to be food while you're while you're drinking it just as sure. nice to have and that. wine so, you can't really do popcorn and nuts no exactly okay, yeah you. exactly so we did we did a light uh, we did a meat and cheese tray and some hummus and just some light appetizer snacks but then we had people we encouraged people you want to order highway pizza order highway pizza and have it delivered here or bring it in bring your own i mean we had no issue with that because we thought we can't provide Right. What you're wanting, but we want you to stay. And so as restaurants came in and talked to us and opened, I think first it was Louis. They they were so slammed that we said, if you have a wait, send people down to us. And when their table is ready, then call us and we'll get them down. Because we want people to stay downtown. Yeah. And um, we did that with Brooklyn's also. Same thing. It just, you know, the wait time. So we really welcomed it. It wasn't um, considered... Uh, um, necessarily competition. No, it was mm-hmm. just like, you know, that, that doesn't, uh, the more people you can get, the better, the better off everybody is. And so, um, yeah, no, it was, I, it, obviously they could tell by our passion in six months, we had paid off our bid loan. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh wow. my God. Um, and so I That's think, great. like I said, it was just the right niche at the right time. And I think people really saw that there was a need for downtown to have more of the hospitality industry. And what, what is fascinating to me is that the timing of being first, right? You have operators now looking at, you know, a more mature downtown Stillwater and worrying, you know, can I make it? But at six months in, you're already seeing this yeah. transformation. Yeah. You're already confident, you know, telling others. Yeah. Um, you know, was there was there any grace period or uh, not grace period? Was there any worry period or did once you open, people were ready for it? You know, we didn't do a, a big grand opening. We just opened our doors up. And um, I would say the first year and a half, we were just floored by the business. But then things, you know, 
people get used to it and it's just it's so not the then, new so thing the, right anymore. and then it's the reality of oh my gosh we we've got to and so it wasn't this huge gravy train that that happened you know ever since we opened the doors the first year and a half definitely we we enjoyed it but then we had to get creative because how do you keep bringing people back yes and yeah. so um, wine dinners became a thing. Um, wine and palette, where they'd come and paint and do, and we had to, live music, those types of things. We needed to encourage people to come back and and do. And you know, it's uh, one of those things that people would say, "Oh my gosh, your your place was packed. It was great." And yes, there was great business, but it's it's also uh, it costs to run extra things when mm-hmm. you're doing a business. And so um, we had to learn how to do that and, and adjust to that. So that was, you know. Um, and then when other entities opened up that had um, bars, we, we loved it. But you do have to continually think about ways that are going to continually bring, bring people back. And I've been so proud of Drew and Constance, who, who bought the wine bar from us, of how they've been able to expand the food menu just based on what they do with meditations. And the, um, adding the deck outside is another great part of it. So. And that was on my mind. At the time, did you have any hurdles um, – with with the city of Stillwater trying to okay we're, you have all sorts of things that any business has mm-hmm, to go through mm-hmm. the city if you've got a location and rules and all that but I mean you know nothing th- out of the ordinary no I think they were so excited that there was a business that was applying for the bid you know right um, and then also I think just fascinated by what our thought process was the only thing that we actually had a challenge with was um, we had thought about putting outside seating on the sidewalk and we put, we thought it was going to be okay. We put it outside. It wasn't, that was really the only time that we had a um, phone call, phone call that said you need to pull your chairs in or, or whatever. But no, other than that, we no. I, I really have to say, I, I don't have any horror stories. I don't have any, I mean, it, like I said, it just, it just really worked out well. Now I laughed that, you know, they said, well, you got a divorce during the time. I said, yeah, but it had nothing to do with the business. <laughs> okay. Nothing to do with the business. Um, and in fact, uh, Gary will call every once in a while just, you know, see how the bar is doing and, and just life in general. But, um, but it's just, I think for me, I tell anyone who wants to start a business, there are so many people that help you in the process. You don't feel like you have to do it alone. I mean, mm. that's just, I think mm. just because it's your idea doesn't mean you have to do everything by yourself. Right. And you're only limited then by what you can pull out of right. your head. Right. You know, yeah. or physically what you can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us more about the bid and how that happened and what did that mean for Zanatis? Sure. Well, the um, the bid or the business improvement district was a program that was started, I think, in 2007, maybe around that time frame. And it was a way that the city of Stillwater was looking at trying to get businesses to locate in a certain area downtown and then provide some incentives to them if they did locate to help with um, offsetting costs. And we actually used our money for that back room in Zanotti's that has the fireplace. That's what we used our, and so it was kind of a loan incentive to say, we're going to give you this money up front. And then based on your sales tax and things that you're happening, then you just pay back, you know, when you can. And it, it, I, I can't, we wouldn't have been able to do the back room hmm. that way. I mean, we hmm. not put the fireplace in and all that without the bid. Um, and I think it's just when other businesses or other entities see that that's how it's helped promote your business and make it successful, um, I think it, it turned out to be a, a good thing. I think, as I've learned as a, as a business owner and serving on city council, I, I, I think businesses, no matter big or small, need to have incentives it's probably not the best word I, I keep trying to think of what another word would be but you do need help 
when you're mm. when you're opening your business and you do need sometimes those little extra things make a huge difference as far as making decisions on how what you're going to do to make your business um, successful or look a certain way and I think that's important that that people realize that and it's not just giving money away it really is investing in a business so it can either open its doors or meet the vision they want to 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 be to be successful. Well, it goes back to time, okay? Right. You know, when we look back on something like that five years later on a successful business, yeah. like, wow, of course that bid was the greatest way to spend that money. Absolutely. But it's, it's hard to wait to get far enough out to be able to make that assessment. It is. And I think what has helped me also serving on city council after owning a business is realizing that it's great a city provides a program like this, but it's got to evolve with the time also. And it has to it has to change and, and be what's actually going to be most beneficial to the businesses, not necessarily the, you know, what the city envisions it, envisions it to be. And so that's been on my mind, too, to think, you know, for these new businesses starting out, we've got to think of some creative ways to help them be able to open up and not do what we've always done before, because that's, I mean... That's not the entrepreneurial spirit. Exactly. It's not what's always been done before. It's, so you've, you've got to be outside. Got to branch out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now you're living back downtown. I am across the street from my <laughs> former. Yeah. It's talk about timing. <laughs> what do you, I am. What are you thinking downtown now? What What's the next step? Oh gosh. What I I would love to see. Um, and I think I can say this because I'm a Stillwater resident. I would love to see owners of empty buildings be okay with either saying whatever vision I had for this building no longer exists and I need to share it with somebody else or, you know, that's and do deep. it in a way. That, yeah, that is. Yeah. And do it in a way that's, yeah, it is. Cause I just, I think we have so many wonderful buildings that, and I get it. I think there's, you know, I, I can say that I, I think if Zanotti's ever was empty, I think it would be hard for me to see another business in it. But the whole purpose of, downtowns is to be this nucleus of your community and we have some wonderful buildings and I think some wonderful opportunities for businesses to locate in downtown to make it even better and so I, I hope I hope landlords and, and owners will will see that and it doesn't have to be at a premium price um, so that's my it's my on my soapbox that's <laughs> it well, but, that but, makes but sense. I, I'd like to see downtown have a really good mixed use when we opened up Zanias or when I first moved back to Stillwater, it was all of the same type of retail. And that's not going to cut it either. You have to have this mixed use. I would love to see a little grocery store downtown. I would love to see more loft apartments. I think weekly I have people ask me, when are you moving out? Because I would love to live in here. <laughs> you know, I think there is this, and I don't think it's going away. I think there are individuals who want to have a home and a social life that are within walking distance and having this sense of community within the downtown area. I, I love hearing district bicycles below me doing their business. Um, I love hearing the music from Zanotti's Wine Bar when the door is open. I love hearing the traffic. You make a conscious decision to live downtown or be a part of downtown. And there's just many facets of your life that you can have that be a part of. And so I really... I, I have hope. I think downtown is, I think in the next five years, we're going to see even more change in Stillwater downtown. Well, and there are already communities like, I mean, just Oklahoma City downtown. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, some people love living that close to mm-hmm. the action. And, and they've even found ways to make it child friendly. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's it's okay. Or pet friendly. Just because you live in town and you don't have a big yard, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, they've made, there's there's already um 
plans out there that we could follow if right. if anyone here decided that was on their heart and mind. Well, and I think we are fortunate to live in a town that has a, a university in it. And I think in the past, it's the college age or the college students didn't even think about going downtown. Why would we go downtown? Did still I even have a downtown? And so I think it's that linkage of providing opportunities for them to come spend their time and their money in the downtown area also I think is is important so providing those opportunities for them to do that um, I think we have to you know keep moving forward on that too so do you have any other um, business ideas for yourself (laughs) in the back of your mind I mean do you see I mean maybe not a completely shut door you know maybe if the right thing came up or is there anything you know when you hit retirement you know, everybody gets to uh, reinvent themselves when they no longer have the nine to five job <laughs> or whatever. But anything you'd still like to Gosh. do? You know, I've learned to never say never because if someone would have said you're going to be on city council ten years ago, I would have said what? So <laughs> I, um, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. We'll just sleep on. We'll that. sleep on we'll that. Ha- we'll see have what. You back. See, okay, yeah, absolutely. And talk about that, but and, and maybe you're one and done. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that could be. You know, I did. I did realize, and I, I do say this. I, if I did own another business, I would not work another full time job. I think, um, Gary and I spent a lot of time in the wine bar after after working hours and and all of that. But I. Th- think you really have to if you want your if you want your business to grow at least in in our sense I think if we wanted truly wanted to take Zanotti's to the next level one of us would have had to quit job because you can't give a hundred percent to to anything that you're doing and after you know after four or five years of doing it you realize the burnout and you realize something's something's not getting your full attention right. and hmm. so hmm. I think that for me personally if I did do something like that you're right Cheryl would have to be after retirement which you know I'm getting to that age right well start thinking know, about I mean, that. this is radio I mean, yeah, podcast, yeah exactly. so I don't know they, if they don't know. can see you but, <laughs> but, yeah. but, but it's, it's the next thing on the horizon and so yeah never never say never that's right we'll see well, how did the sale um, to Drew and Constance come about? I mean, did did you seek them out? Did they seek you out? You put an ad in the paper? How'd that, how'd that go down? <laughs> well, when Gary and I divorced, um, he actually bought my half out because I just said I, I'm i I'm ready to go. And he was getting ready to move to California. And so he said, well, I'll, I'll like I said, he really had the business sense. So I said, please just take take my half and buy my buy my half out and then and then you do with it what you what you want um and I think there were some people interested I think um I you know Carrie and I didn't have really any conversation on how that all came about but I think I said earlier I think Drew and Constance had the great combination of already having an established business themselves um catering and being able to expand the food menu and do some things that I Gary, I think, probably felt we're, we're going to keep Zanotti successful. I think that probably helped um, make his decision as opposed to someone else who maybe didn't have that experience. Extra layer. Or extra yeah. layer. That's a good way to put it, yeah. And so I think he felt very comfortable. Um, and knowing that they were dedicated to staying in Stillwater because they already had a business. So it wouldn't be someone right. that would have it for a year and then, you know. Um, and I think, honestly, too, it was – it people that we didn't know. I mean, I, I knew them through meditations, but we didn't know them personally. And for, for me, that helps a lot. Um, because I think if you, it's theirs now. 
And right. people say, oh, are you sad? Do you, you know, if they do something differently, does it make you mad? And for me, once I decided I was not going to be part of Zanotti's Wine Bar anymore, I, I let it go. And I still to this day do. I mean, it, it, if they do things differently than the way I did it, then that's it's obviously still working because they've done very, very well. Well, um, it's like when people buy you buy a house and they want to yeah. knock out a wall. Yeah. And the, and <laughs> the previous like, owner goes, wow, we <laughs> yeah, love that. Yeah. We put that yeah. wall in. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, I do have to say I have been, I, you know, it, if he did get rid of the bar, that would that would crush me. So um, it is. it was wonderful for him to text me just that picture just this last week of they had just polished my dad's bar up. Oh, and so that was, yeah. that was really, really cool. Well, it cool. sounds like they're honoring the history of the place yes. because, you know, they've still got customers who were your first customers. That's exactly want, right. It's easier to keep those customers than to go find new ones. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly right. And they've been very good if they are going to get rid of something to, to touch base with me and say, hey, do you want this first? So I, I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine a better, a better opportunity and wish them continued success and I do have to say it was funny they they said can we keep the name that was one thing Gary called me on he goes they want to keep the name because their last name just didn't seem to you know the Zanotti's just rolls off your tongue a lot better well, and so. it, I, I, I'm not a I don't know is it Zanotti's Italian it is okay Italian. yes because <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it's almost so perfect like like yeah. how long did it take you to think of that yeah name? Right, and, you know right. that, that, that and, you know it's funny that you say that because I think we just we just I don't even think we ever discussed the name of it. I think we just started calling it Zanotti's Wine Bar because I want to even say maybe it was the OSU class because they just said, well, your last name's Zanotti's, it Zanotti's Wine Bar. And so it just stuck. We thought, well, and so it just, we never even thought about a wine, uh, another name or a name. It just right. became Zanotti's Wine Bar. I think people oftentimes when they're naming their business, they get a little too, you know, me, I, I'm trying to make stuff rhyme yeah. or like, <laughs> what does this spell? Yeah. And, you know, yeah. sometimes just the easy way. Yeah. Just the what's simple. obvious. Yeah. And then it's, I think it's even shorter now. I think a lot of people say ZWB. So it's Ooh, ZWB. Even cool. So. Well, the thing is everybody spells it, spell misspells the knowledge. There's two N's and two T's. That's right. Come on. That's always how I tell people. Two N's, two T's. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, you mentioned this idea of you know, that now the new owners are carrying on this legacy, you know, heritage. And it made me think a little bit when Cheryl mentioned, you know, you've got drawing from other towns, you're drawing from other experiences. There's a natural pushback that says we're not those places. How do you how do you marry those ideas of, yes, we're still water, but the Zanotti's downtown is going to be different than what's been here? Yeah, oh, that's a good that's a good Good question, Jonathan. You know, I think um, anytime your business is succe- is successful, you start thinking about expanding or everyone kept saying, oh, you need to locate on the west side of town or, you know, we've been to these places in, in Tulsa or, or Oklahoma City. What, you know, like I said, if you are true to what your original vision was for your business and you stick to that, it it's not hard to make those types of decisions. And I'm not saying you have to change and evolve with your business because you do. Um, but I know people, you know, for us, it was not ever about getting bigger because I know people wanted a, a rooftop bar and, and all that. And it just wasn't, we thought, you know, th- this is what works well. And it's not about putting another 100 people or 90 people in the wine bar. And that's not what that's not what our, our um, thing was. We focused more on customer service and, um, doing more community things and having different things happen in the wine bar. So I'm not sure, and I don't know what Drew and Constance plans are, but I we didn't ever think about maybe opening up another one or a, I mean, we thought about it for maybe a second and then thought, no, let's stick with what's going well and um, not try and be a Stillwater or, or I mean a Tulsa or a Oklahoma City. We had to do it with pricing. Um, 
pricing of things, uh, we had to be realistic in the Stillwater market. And yes, we were catering to or wanting to draw in an older crowd and a more mature crowd, but our pricing needed to to fit what Stillwater would would market. You're not going to get someone to pay fifteen to eighteen dollars for every glass of wine on your menu. You can have a five dollar glass of wine, and you can have a you know maybe one or a special that's fifteen or sixteen, but you're not going to get that store on a market to pay. And once you open that bottle, it's going to go flat. That's ex- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's exactly right. Do you see that, you know, is there anything more like that? I know that you'd mentioned downtown store. It would be great to have the grocery store. And man, it, do you remember King's grocery yes, store? Yes, I do remember 12. King's grocery Let's, store. Let's, you know, put that back yes. into the universe. But, yeah. you know, is there room for something well, there for a while, there was something on Main Street called Ibiza or something like that. Yeah, and I went in there yeah. one time and yeah. wasn't really my scene, but, you know, next thing I know, it's gone. I mean, do do we have a little bit more room for something, you know? I think so, because there's, else. there's a, there is a, a population of individuals in our community that are um, the young professionals and the young families and the mature adults that I think what they love about Zanotti's is that it is unique. And so, yes, I think there is room for more of that. There's, there shouldn't be just one Zanotti's. I think there should be other um, entities that, that reach out to the, to that crowd. Um, I, and I'm, I'm speaking as far as um, a bar or a, a restaurant or something that would, I think, definitely Stillwater could. Or some specialty foods yeah. or something yeah. a little... A little, you know, hey, nobody likes Chick-fil-A more than me. So, I mean, I love, you know, the the national brands. But if you can, you know, put something special that doesn't exist on every corner in every Mm -hmm. big city, that's Mm kind of what I see was part of the beauty of Zanotti's. And I, you know, I I don't know what it is about. um, We do get a lot of flack for for all the fast food. And part of it is we 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 are a college town. And I heard Justin Minguez, our, our chamber CEO, say in a... A meeting I was in um, just a few weeks ago, and he said it so eloquently, and I know I'm not going to say it as well as he did, but he said, those of you who keep saying that we need entities like this, when one does come in, then support the heck out of it, or start supporting the ones um, that already exist like that, to show businesses when they're looking at Stillwater that it can be supported. So if you think of something like Zanotti's, it's it's the stateroom, it's it's the ranchers club. And if, if people want that type of thing, then support the ones that are already here doing it. Because that shows then that people are, there's a need and yeah. that there's a market for it. You can't just wait for people to, to think that, you know, oh, maybe we'll come. Well, no, show that there's a need for it and... You know, yeah, we don't want just the idea of having something no, there. We've no. got to back it up with dollars. With dollars, exactly. And if if people are showing that we can't ever get in, or the reservations are already booked, or it's nice is always full, or the stateroom we can't get, then it shows. Hey, I could get some of those people that aren't able to. I mean, yes, spread the wealth. Jonathan, you have any other burning questions for Elaine? Oh, we could go for hours. That's it. That's it. Well, it's about it's about wine time here. You know, I don't know when you guys are listening to this, but uh, you know, we're we'll you know take a take a break and uh, go to Zanotti's. Uh, But we really appreciate you kind of opening up your life story and and like I say, for the people who've been in Stillwater um, for thirteen years, they didn't know 
life before Zanotti's. And so putting all those dots together and how it's related to downtown is is important and interesting and eye-opening, I think. And so if there's anyone listening, I would like to encourage them to, you know, get their business plan together and be bold and, and reach out to people and, and get your your um, instinct revved up because, yeah. you know, people have these thoughts and these nudges that, you know, just take the next step and see where it leads you and then take the next step. And right. you might be surprised other people are thinking the same thing. And that's kind of, you know, the, the overarching thing about this podcast is that we want to talk to people and find out there's, we're going to be able to knit these all together and find out the common thread yeah, about yeah. what were you thinking before you took the plunge. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's what I hope folks get out of our conversations with our business owners, former business owners, founders, things like that. Well, and I think if anything, if you think of a positive out of this last year with the pandemic is I think they were saying that there is a huge number of people that are going to take that that leap. They've become entrepreneurs because A, they didn't have anything else to do during the year because they Mm -hmm. either were laid off or you know, we're at home. And so I really hope that at a um, local, state and federal level, there are some things that help support that. Because I think now more than ever, the pandemic has taught us, I think before we were a little bit scared, well, we might fail. Well, during a pandemic, it's like, well, if we fail, we fail. But at least we try. <laughs> I mean, you know, so I right. hope there's a mindset now of those people that are trying to think of, a, of, of starting a business to utilize the resources around them. And, and yeah, keep that and there's huge numbers. It. I was somewhere and somebody was, I'm gonna, you just have to believe me on this, that, <laughs> that like 76% of the businesses in America are small businesses. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yes. No, I don't yeah. think you're making that number up. Mm-hmm. I think it is. That, I've heard that too, that there was, yes. It might have been Justin Hazard. It might have been Justin Hazard <laughs> at the Perkins. At, at Perkins yes. Commerce. There you go. I fill my head with stuff. Um, but but it's it's true. It's yeah. it's people who, who get up and go to their day jobs and then all night they toss and turn about this idea that's cranking in yeah. their head about yeah. what can I do? What can yeah. I do? I think it's just the American spirit, the entrepreneurial spirit and and we want to encourage that. I mean, you know, we may not be your your financial backers, but we'll, <laughs> if you open up in Stillwater, we'll come give you yeah. a try. Yeah. You know, we'll yeah. buy a, yeah. a, a thing of whatever your widget. We'll we'll try it. And so we want to encourage that because it it could be the next success story. Yeah. And Absolutely. the two really cool things are the encouragement to go out and try and know that there's people out there that are supporting you not just waiting for you to open but helping right, you open right. and and the excitement to know that you know 13 years ago to now is a complete transformation of this space and uh what will it be 13 years yeah, from now exactly just keep going i know yeah that's right well thank you all very much for listening to us and thank you very much to elaine zanotti uh co-founder of Zanotti's Wine Bar in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Jonathan Yudoka and Cheryl Pickens here. Thank you for listening to Our Town. <laughs>